Good afternoon and welcome to Love from the Hip. I'm spiritual hypnotherapist, master esthetician, and your host, Sakura Sutter. This show is created with the intention of helping others to help and love themselves. Aside from weekly skin tips, you will hear me interview extraordinary souls from around the world who are making a difference by helping others in their own way. You may also hear me follow up with a guest. I have hypnotized an online edition of Love from the Hip, which is available on YouTube. Together, we can all make a difference, and it starts with love, love from the hip. In 1911, Swiss psychiatrist Eugen Bleuler coined the word autism to describe a symptom of the most severe cases of schizophrenia, which was also a concept that he had created. Autism was used to define a person's symbolic inner life in which they would avoid unsatisfying realities and instead replace them with hallucinations and fantasies. Bleuler believed it to be a lack of touch with reality and to be an exaggeration of a physiological phenomenon that was actually present in all humans, manifesting itself in normal fantasies and desires. In 1922, Jean Piaget claimed that the preverbal stages of children's thoughts could be described as autistic. In this early stage, children's minds were flooded with visual imagery because they could not follow logical rules. Piaget said that the autistic and symbolic thought were characterized by three very distinctive features, an absence of logic, a predominance of visual imagery over conceptual thought, and no awareness of the connections that can be made between visual perceptions. He also linked autism to the child's progressive attempts to engage with reality. It wasn't until 1943 when child psychologist Leo Connor published a paper titled Autistic Disturbances of Affective Contact and the word autism was entered into American psychiatric vocabulary. Within months, Austrian clinician Hans Asperger wrote a paper called The Autistic Psychopaths in Childhood. Although both claimed not to have plagiarized, plagiarized each other, they were both credited with the discovery of autism. However, the real credit, which has now only been recently discovered, goes to a highly talented and intelligent Russian woman. In 1924, Russian doctor Grunya Soharuva, upon seeing a 12-year-old highly intelligent boy in Moscow, said he was an introverted type with an autistic proclivity into himself. Even though Bleuler had coined the term, autism was still relatively new in the world of psychiatry. Grunya ended up seeing five other boys whom she identified with autistic tendencies. She described these children as showing a preference for their inner world, yet each with their own peculiarity or talent. She went on to publish her findings of these autistic features the boys shared in a paper. Her descriptions written way back then fit the same criteria published in 2013 in the fifth edition of the Diagnostic Statistical Manual of Mental Disorders, or the DSM-5. Many are puzzled as to why it took so long for the DSM-5 to arrive back at Grunia's list, why it took 15 years after her death for her paper to arrive in the States, and why the credit for autism was given to Connor and Asperger nearly two decades later. Some say her being Jewish, in addition to being a woman, may not have been ideal for achieving international acclaim. Another reason could be the recent discovery by historians of Asperger's cooperation with the Nazi party, which could also be why he chose not to cite Grunia's work. Grunia was ahead of her time. She disentangled autism from schizophrenia during the 1950s, which was 30 years before it was listed as separate, and also before brain scans were even done to determine this. Although not highlighted in the West, Grunia is the most popular name in child psychiatry in Russia. She worked at a sanatorium which was set up by the government to help children who had been displaced, orphaned, or traumatized by the wars or the Spanish flu. There, children were given intensive social and motor skills training so that they could return to regular schools within two to three years. She went on to launch similar schools all over the country, and because she did not have children of her own, she made it her lifelong mission to help all the children as if they were her own. Bleuler's definition of autism held in Britain from 1920 until 1960. In the 1960s, the definition moved towards meaning the exact opposite, that it wasn't excessive fantasizing, but rather the inability to fantasize at all. It became referred to as a complete lack of unconscious symbolic life. To this day, autism, as well as other developmental disorders, are still being redefined. The focus is becoming less on what these children lack and more on what they possess, which everyday people don't. In fact, a recent study with 17 Swedish high-functioning young adults on the autism spectrum 
have revealed a strong link between supernatural sensory experiences and autism. These experiences include sensing an invisible presence, experiencing touch from an invisible presence, telepathic abilities, seeing visions, and or hearing voices. Many say these sensory experiences are not because they are schizophrenic, but rather because these children are special, fully connected to source and living in the fifth dimension. Regardless of what you believe, maybe just consider that these kids are here to teach us about love. Maybe they are here not to hinder us, but to help us. Help us to reconnect with who we really are and to ultimately be better human beings. Maybe it's time we refer to autism and to other developmental disorders as developmental reorders. Today, I have the pleasure of interviewing Ashley Lee. Ashley is an advanced energy healer, pediatric critical care nurse, and founder of Center for Conscious Kids. She will not only share her work with highly sensitive and autistic children, but also how she bridges the gap between Western medicine and spirituality. Plus, later on the show, we will open up the phone lines so you may ask Ashley for her insight on your highly sensitive child or for your highly sensitive self. So stick around after this quick break. Hypnotherapy helps you discover and explore deep, sustainable life changes. Let Sakura guide your communication with your unconscious mind. Rid yourself of negative behaviors, fears, pains, and emotions. Weight loss, smoking, childhood drama, chronic pain, and much more can be addressed. Begin healing now. Just $100 for the first session. Learn more. Sakura Skin and Mind.com. S A K U R A Skin and Mind. Com. Bring out the healthy way of thinking you didn't know you had. Some people know a good thing when they hear it. Alternative Talk 1150. Welcome back to Love from the Hip. I'm spiritual hypnotherapist, master esthetician, and your host, Sakura Sutter. And don't forget to follow me on Instagram and Facebook and subscribe and share my YouTube channel and podcast, Love from the Hip, and that's HYP, anywhere you can find podcasts. Today, I have the pleasure of having Ashley Lee on my show. Ashley is an advanced energy healer, pediatric critical care nurse, and founder of Center for Conscious Kids. Hey, Ashley, thanks for being here today. Hi. <laughs> Hi. So where are you joining us from today? I am joining you from San Diego, California, oh. and I am so excited to be here with you. I appreciate that. So do you work with high sensory and autistic children? I sure do. And really high sensory, I really speak to it in the sense of multi-sensory where uh, all of us, even sensory sensitive people are connect to all the different ways that you had described in your intro that was so amazing, and <laughs> so transformative in sharing with everyone really where this is all coming from and understanding its history. Really, and like you shared so eloquently was the fact that we can hear, see, s smell, sense and touch and marry in very different ways than we ever thought we could in typical ways that we learn with each other of how we speak about it and how we share about it in school for the kids. Mm -hmm. I know. So in these sensory operations and, and ways in which that I share with people are really about connecting to those experiences that they have, the children have, the adults have. And it, sometimes those sensory inputs like, uh, loud noises, or they can hear noises from different spectrums than typical people may be experiencing. So for example, in a classroom, they might hear the fluorescent lights flicker, hmm. where other kids and teachers may not hear that or sense that. They may hear other, the clock ticking, tick, 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 at the same decimal levels as the teacher speaking. So they can sense their world around them, maybe a little more acutely, more finely, and have different discernments than, than other people may be experiencing. And so I venture into the world of taking care of children and adults who are feeling a sense of overwhelm with this sensory input that other people may not be able to describe or experience or know how to work with. So then would you essentially say that they're connected to the fifth dimension? Is that how you would explain it? Yeah, the fifth, the sixth, the seventh, the eighth. <laughs> all of it. <laughs> all, all known. I, 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 I hear from the physicists in CERN who work with, uh, you know, blowing up atomic uh, particles that they found 12 
physical dimensions of our awareness. Uh -huh. And inside of those dimensional awarenesses, what they are is huge morphogenic fields of awareness that carry containers of information that we can access. And that's how we open our consciousness. Yeah, so from higher dimensional awarenesses is what these kids are able to, and adults are able to experience in ways, kind of like when a dog can hear a dog whistle, but we can't hear a dog whistle. Mm -hmm. They're actually humans that can hear that. Okay. Right? So you're example, actually helping them to assimilate to be here on this dimension. Absolutely. And and assimilate really to speak in languaging and and ways in which we communicate with each other so that they can share their sensory experiences with their parents and their peers and their spouses and other people so that it doesn't seem so overwhelming. Mm -hmm. and it brings in a gifted idea or more expanded understanding and awareness of the world around them. So, for example, kids and people that can see energies see emotional energies, mental energies, or spiritual energies in and around our atomic physical world, right? Seeing the human you're talking to, but what if that human also emits energies like emotional energies? Mm -hmm. So if they're angry, they're emitting a red color that some children and adults can see that's called seeing auras, right? Mm -hmm. Wow. So do you believe then they're role models for us? They can be role models for us very simply so because they have maybe similar or advanced abilities to access information that comes right to them. Mm -hmm. So, for example, if they were seeing mom get angry at them and they were seeing red come from them and they knew that that red represented anger, even if mom didn't say anything or do anything, maybe they could go up to mom and say, I sense you're feeling a little angry. How may I help you? Or right. how may I support you? Or would you like a hug? Wow. So essentially, it seems like you're kind of breaking down the barriers. I feel like with autism or a lot of these disorders, they're kind of put in a box. And it's almost like it's almost like described as a prison. When they are kind of like that. So, right. So if you have the same child that can see emotional energies, for example, and sees the red coming from mom and mom didn't say or do anything just yet and doesn't understand what that red means, then they could get confused or feel that their environment or their reality is distorted mm -hmm. and they're not sure. Right. Because anger is a distortion. Right. It's not our true nature, which is the love you spoke about. Right. Mm -hmm. And and so in that sense, they may feel uh, uneasy, unable to work with things. And yet mom didn't do or say anything. And this whole energetic interaction is happening and this communication is happening and the child doesn't know how to express and the adult doesn't understand the effect that the child is exhibiting mm. from that overwhelm. OK, so you then discover what language the child is speaking and then how the family can understand that language. That's very accurate. Yes. Okay. So I'm able to tap in energetically into their different energetic fields. I call it four basic ones, physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual. And I access those different energetic fields of each and every human being. And when we want to find out the kids that have high sensory or autism spectrum, situations that create challenges in their life, what I do is access that area in their beingness in the world and to discover what it is they're experiencing, how they're experiencing it, and how much does it offset them, confuse them, or overwhelm them to share with the world what they're experiencing. So I become their interpreter. Yeah. Wow, that's beautiful. Well, with that, I hate to interrupt you, but we're going to have to take a quick break. But remember, this is a live show. So if you would like to ask Ashley a question about your highly sensitive child or your highly sensitive self, feel free to call 1-888-298-KKNW or 425-373-5527 after this quick break. Men, care for your skin properly, starting with your face. Sakura Skin and Mind offers their Gentleman's Groom Clinical Facial for just $120. Designed for your rugged skin, a deep cleansing clinical facial is like a one-two-three punch to wrinkles, age spots, and problem skin. Tame those brows, ears, and nostrils. Sakura Skin and Mind, erasing 
wrinkles one clinical facial at a time. Learn more at sakuraskinandmind.com. S-A-K-U-R-A skinandmind.com. Taking care of your skin's largest organ can be difficult, but not for Astera Skincare Mist. This topical skin spray supports your skin's own natural healing defenses. Astera Skincare Mist is a light misting spray, free of parabens, alcohol, toxins, and fragrance. This all-natural topical skin spray will take the woe out of your skincare worries without clogging your pores. Irritation, inflammation, redness, post-procedure sensitivities, no problem. With Astera Skincare Mist, you can continue about your day without the skin dismay. Acne, rosacea, psoriasis, sunburns, rashes, and fungus? Don't let these skin concerns inconvenience you. Instead, let Astera Skincare Mist allow you to be happy in the skin you're in. Available at Sakura Skin and Mind. Learn more at AsteraCare.com. That's E-S-T-H-E-R-A Care.com. Is your tween starting to experience a change in their skin? Want to get them on an easy at-home routine and have good skin hygiene? Allow Sakura Skin in Mind to help your tween out. This brief, deep cleansing and educational 35-minute facial is just enough to get your tween, ages 10 to 12 years old, started off in the right direction. Sakura Skin in Mind uses the latest in the clinical skincare industry to care for your tween the right way for just $65. Sakura Skin in Mind, treating skin out there with an ounce of treatment and a pound of protection. Call 206-730-7429 or go to sakuraskinandmind.com. Hi, I'm Kathy Cooper and every Wednesday from 1 to 2 p.m. I'll be hosting Lost and Found. We'll be discussing all types of losses, but it's not going to be the doom and gloom hour. It'll be an hour of education, support, validation, and yes, we will have a little bit of humor. So won't you join me Wednesdays, 1 to 2 p.m., Lost and Found, because every loss matters, and through every loss, something can be found. Alternative Talk 1150, online at 1150kknw.com. Welcome back to Love from the Hip. I'm spiritual hypnotherapist, master esthetician, and your host, Sakura Sutter. Don't forget to tune in right here on KKNW every Wednesday from 2 to 3 p.m. for more Love from the Hip. Today on Love from the Hip, we have Ashley Lee. Ashley is an advanced energy healer, pediatric critical care nurse, and founder of Center for Conscious Kids. And if you have a question about your highly sensitive child or your highly sensitive self, feel free to call in 1-888-298-KKNW or 425-373-5527. So Ashley, how do you work with nonverbal children? That's such a wonderful question. It can be challenging. And, and the way that I recognized that was really knowing deep inside me and deep inside the knowing of, of our whole world that everyone has access to healing. Everyone, no matter who they are, where they are, and what they're capable of. And so many of the children in the intensive care unit where I work, they're nonverbal because they're on life support. Mm. Many of the children that I work with are prenatal children, so children that are gestating inside mommy, growing inside, yeah. and also children who um, are nonverbal through sensory processing and language challenges. And so in that area, I've learned to acquire the opportunity to really understand how to communicate with them brain to brain, heart to heart, spirit to spirit. Mm. And so... I call those forms uh, telepathic abilities to focus languaging and understanding in ways where I could speak to them in English, I could speak to them in their native tongue, I can speak to them in light languages and other kinds of formatted or emotional languages that would be able to share with them and connect with them in the ways that they would like to communicate. Okay. So how long have you been a pediatric critical care nurse? For over 30 years. Wow. And so how do you bridge that gap between Western medicine and spirituality and the work that you do? That is such a beautiful question. What I really recognized is that no matter where I am in the hospital, in a clinical setting, remotely working with people around the world, so no matter where I am, and you are too, we all are, and we have the ability to step into the knowing of the sacred space that we truly are. And so the way to bridge 
uh, the care that I provide on so many levels is really connecting to everyone, heart to heart, mind to mind, spirit to spirit, in this opportunity really to connect with them, to support them in really helping them learn how to heal themselves. And when we are able to learn to, to heal ourselves, even babies in utero have talked to me, spoken to me, and shared to me about how they learn how to take care of their body growing inside. Mm-hmm. And so we're innately born with this ability, but then what happens? Well, I think when we're born, quite honestly, what happens is we're innately emotional. Right. We communicate emotionally very easily, right, with crying. Later, we learn how to smile with our facial muscles. But we learn how to, I mean, we already come available to emote or to create emotions as babies. And in this idea, even earlier, right, in gestational periods while we're growing inside mom, what happens is that we have this capacity to reach on higher levels, higher levels of ourselves, higher levels of our spiritual nature, and then even connect that to the physical body. Hmm. Okay. So what are some of the changes that you've seen with some of the kids you've worked with? Some of the changes that I've seen are really amazing. A lot of the children, when they, after having sessions with me, either in group or one-on-one or with their families, I promote having sessions with the families so that the parents are able to see the child's true nature unfold right in front of them, that they're able to share directly and develop that languaging, whether that languaging is nonverbal or whether that languaging is verbal or whether that languaging, quite honestly, many of the children ask me, when can I learn to, to talk, you know, mind to mind, heart to heart with, with my mom, with my parents. And so we work on discovery ways to support the parents connecting to their children in these ways. And when they work with me, they really come through a process of really understanding that how they can be the truth of themselves, how they're really able to express their true nature. And their true nature many times is the opportunities to maybe see in a visionary expanded way of sensing and understanding the world around them. And then as they're able to do that and bring that into some form of communication and languaging with others in their environment, then they're able to bring that high level of understanding and knowing inside of them and bring it down into the physical world to share amongst their family, their friends, and their community and the world. Mm-hmm. And that's what brings in, right, our higher genius. Yeah. Our abilities to really bring in, you know, music, art, knowing, understanding mathematics, all the different ways, all the geniuses of the world, we're all a genius inside of us. And really these multisensory kids are teaching us how to bring that in, the genius in all of us. Mm -hmm. That's wonderful. What do you say to families that get frustrated though with the medical system? I think that it's always challenged because as in the medical system in Western medicine and allopathic medicine around the world is we've we've made we've made mistakes and then we've made corrections and some of those mistakes have been in the realm of segregating the body like only seeing a heart person or only seeing a lung person or only seeing a brain person and what if we're all that all together and so we recognizing that specialization is very helpful because we're able to advance areas of medicine into realms we may not have been if we were all generalists, right? And so specialization is helpful. And then at the same time, the making the corrections and bringing in all the other elements, uh, other, other practitioners and other supportive staff members to really bring the body in as a whole. Hmm. And then I think where we can grow in Western medicine is bringing in these opportunities of, I think we bring in the mental pretty well And sometimes when the emotional is unsettling, that one's challenging sometimes. And then we're really missing the spiritual aspects, right? Right. How we talk to each other, soul to soul, heart to heart. Yeah. Well, that's great. Thanks for sharing that. And with that, we're going to have to take another quick break. So everyone stick around for the weekly skinny 
And also remember, if you would like to ask Ashley a question about your highly sensitive child or your highly sensitive self, call in 1-888-298-KKNW or 425-373-5527 after this quick break. On this Weekly Skinny, I would like to talk about how smell relates to the skin. Scientists have discovered that odor receptors are not solely confined to the nose, but instead are found throughout the body like in the heart, liver, lungs, colon, kidneys, and even in sperm. A study conducted by a team of biologists in Germany at Ruhr University, Bochum, found that our skin is chock full of odor receptors as well. Lead researcher and professor Dr. Hans Hatt revealed that more than 15 of the olfactory receptors that exist in our nose are found in our skin cells. Dr. Hatt and his team tested the response to different scents of receptors and keratinocytes, which is our main skin cell. They found that a synthetic sandalwood, or sandalore, which is used in many skincare products, perfumes, and aromatherapy oils, bound to an olfactory receptor in the skin called OR2AT4. In response to the scent, rather than sending a message to the brain as nose receptors usually do, the receptor triggered cells to divide and migrate, which are essential processes in repairing damaged skin. When they mix the keratinocytes in a test tube with sandalore for five days, cell proliferation increased by 32% and cell migration by nearly half. And in a series of human tests, skin abrasions healed 30% faster in the presence of sandalore than without it. It was not as big of a surprise to learn there are receptors in the skin, but more so to learn they are involved in wound healing. The concentrations of sandalore used were a thousand times higher than those used to activate nose receptors, so a skin cream would be more efficient in promoting a healing effect than just aromatherapy. Dr. Hatt, who refers to himself as the ambassador of smell, has said he has been arguing for the importance of these receptors for years. In 2009, for example, Dr. Hatt and his team discovered that by exposing olfactory receptors in the human prostate to beta-ionone, a primary odor found in violets and roses, it appeared to inhibit the spread of prostate cancer cells by switching off errant genes. There have been so many other studies done that have found the powerful healing and physiological effects of our olfactory receptors in other organs too. Humans have roughly 350 kinds of olfactory receptors. Dr. Hatt believes, as others do, that these newly identified receptors give way to new opportunities to treat and hopefully heal disease. Peach fuzz is great, if it's on a peach. Let Sakura Skin and Mind remove unsightly hair with dermaplaning. Although its primary purpose is to remove layers of dead skin, it's just one of the added benefits, leaving your skin baby smooth, safe, effective, fast and affordable. What a concept! Sakura Skin and Mind wants you to look your very best, and dermaplaning is just one tool in their chest. Find out about dermaplaning at sakuraskinandmind.com. S-A-K-U-R-A, skinandmind.com. We bring out the healthy skin and healthy way of thinking you didn't know you had. Taking care of your skin's largest organ can be difficult, but not for Astera Skincare Mist. This topical skin spray supports your skin's own natural healing defenses. Astera Skincare Mist is a light misting spray, free of parabens, alcohol, toxins, and fragrance. This all-natural topical skin spray will take the woe out of your skincare worries without clogging your pores. Irritation, inflammation, redness, post-procedure sensitivities, no problem. With Astera Skincare Mist, you can continue about your day without the skin dismay. Acne, rosacea, psoriasis, sunburns, rashes, and fungus? Don't let these skin concerns inconvenience you. Instead, let Astera Skincare Mist allow you to be happy in the skin you're in. Available at Sakura Skin and Mind. Learn more at AsteraCare.com. That's E-S-T-H-E-R-A Care.com. Alternative Talk 1150, here to uplift your day. Welcome back to Love from the Hip. I'm spiritual hypnotherapist, master esthetician, and your host, Sakura Sutter. And feel free to email me at sakuratlovefromthehip.com with your comments, your questions. Let me know that you're listening. Today on Love from the Hip, we have Ashley Lee. Ashley is an advanced energy healer, pediatric critical care nurse, and founder of Center for Conscious Kids. And if you have a question for Ashley about your highly sensitive child or your highly sensitive self, feel free to call 1-888-298-KKNW or 425-373-5527. So Ashley, I have to ask you, when these families realize that their children have these superpowers, where do you recommend they go? Oh my gosh. Well, you know, you 
you opened up a great question there because really they would walk out of my office saying, now that I know the truth of me, now that I know what I'm able to do and be and, and see and, and experience in the world, where do I go? Mm. And I said, I don't know. <laughs> and they said, uh, what, well, who do I else go see to help me really, you know, develop my skill sets? And I said, I don't know. There are other chiropractors. There are other people that can really help open up your energy flow in your body. And when we open our energy flow, right, then all of that magic comes through. That gifted state of who we truly are comes through. And so really from that, Center for Conscious Kids was born. Hmm. So that I had asked other people if they would help me develop this. And they said, no, it's new. We don't know what to do. And right. I said, I know. <laughs> There's Where is there places to go and experience? So I created Center for Conscious Kids. And that was three years ago. And now there are more and more pediatric practitioners, um, children's support systems, events, programs, practitioners, um, schools, and other opportunities that are really opening up for children with high sensory opportunities to have different experiences that may be part of our typical society. Mm -hmm places to go eat a lot of times they're sensory sensitive in their intestinal tract so they're allergic or they have autoimmune issues or other sorts of problems that may bring them in to see me so that they can have help with that, those areas of those physical symptoms and areas in their lives and then they want to go where do i go eat and i said i don't know <laughs> so we all have to discover it together and so in supporting this i created a website where kids and children can, um, I mean, kids and parents can actually come together and find on a website and an opportunity of other places to go experience their school environments, their work environments, their, uh, what would they like to do with their friends and have the opportunity to really expand their consciousness inside living consciously throughout their everyday experiences. Oh, that's wonderful. And I'm glad that you've created that resource for them. It really is important. And I support everyone coming on board and taking a look at that website. And really, if you're a practitioner, if you love seeing kids, highly sensitive kids, and kids that want to live consciously, I support everyone coming on board and really sharing your gifts, sharing your opportunities, and listing with us on Center for Conscious Kids, because it's such a great opportunity to share your energy, passion, mission, and purpose. That's so awesome. So did all of this work that you started, did it start from you healing yourself? It really did. And it really did. What did you heal I, yourself of? I was born with asthma and allergies very significantly as a newborn. I was failing to thrive. I was, I couldn't eat anything. I drank goat's milk um, for the first two years of my life and had a few poor queeners way back in the days of the 1960s. Mm. And that's about all I ate for the first two years that I could have successfully without having symptoms and problems, asthma and allergies that were life-threatening. And from that, then I, I grew out of that stage that was so life-threatening and then grew into childhood having chronic inflammation and problems breathing and just a very difficult time really making it in life. Yeah. And then as I got older, I came across a friend that had an allergy remediation program that was energetic through the use of a computer. And in that process, I was able to clear all my allergies in 30 sessions. I literally felt it energetically leave my body, wow. leave my nervous system. And from there, I aspired to also learn the technique and the understanding of it so that I could bring it out to the world as well. Mm. And as I did that, I recognized it had some limitations in the sense that it, it couldn't reach children in utero. It couldn't reach children who maybe had spinal ch challenges because you had to tap on the back. And as I recognized that healing is available for everyone, I transitioned this opportunity of healing asthma and allergies in ways inside the energy healing, both in person and remotely. And so in this process, as I learned and I healed my asthma and allergies, I recognized and my gifts began to come out and blossom as me being an energy healer and um, providing processes of really 
focusing on the multi-sensory and the multi-gifted children. Mm -hmm. Would you say then that's when you awakened? Yes, yeah, for sure. That's when I awakened to the truth of me and who I am. Right. And I awakened to the remembrance that when I was a child, I was even highly sensitive. I was highly intuitive. Mm -hmm. Right. I, I thought everybody could telepath and talk brain to brain. I thought everyone could share and literally feel everyone else's emotions inside our own bodies, mm -hmm. as I did in mine. Yeah. I didn't recognize, but I also took on the illnesses of others physically in my own body and didn't recognize it. I thought it was mine. I didn't recognize it was others that I was to heal because I didn't awaken to the healer part in me at, at that time. Yeah. And you and I had discussed this because we have similar uh, childhoods as far as being labeled a hypochondriac <laughs> and that there's no such thing. Right. And I recognized, honestly, that about 80% of my illnesses when I was a child, being called a hypochondriac or um, seeking, um, I don't know, attention, right? Mm -hmm. um, that I wasn't seeking attention. I actually felt the illnesses and the pain, but I felt it on an energetic level. Right. Some other people might call it holographic, but I actually felt it physically in my body. So my brain and nervous system integrated that sensory information and said it was real to my brain. So I didn't know what was real and what wasn't real because I didn't have an orientation to that reality that I was multisensory. Right. And there was no resources back then. Right. So now <laughs> if you run across hypochondriac children or children that are always complaining or whining or tantruming or whatever they're doing to express pain and suffering, maybe looking deeper into it and maybe are they surrogating or bringing in those person's feelings, even physical ailments as well. Mm, okay. I and think so that's the sign of a healer. Yeah, <laughs> I would say so. So you, you had also said that everyone can heal themselves. Would you recommend us doing that by changing our consciousness? I most certainly do. And in areas where I'm working with my colleague, Annie Kalatkar, we are creating a book called Leap of Consciousness. And you can find that on leapofconsciousness.com. We are getting ready in the final stages to put the book out later this year. And inside of that, what we do is we've created an opportunity for people to experience um, consciousness challenges. Those are states of fear that we embody and we believe in and we understand or know is true about us, which is not really the truth. Mm -hmm. It's just the truth of what we're feeling and experiencing. And so inside those consciousness challenges, like lack or hypochondria, so to speak, <laughs> yeah. those kinds of things. When we're experiencing them, we get to look deeper at what the fear is, what the cause of creating that, and then reframe it through conscious choice. And when we can reframe it, we can then have created space in our physical bodies to embody an empowered states of love. Wow, that's wonderful. Would like you... in service to us or yeah. sharing or creating opportunities or abundance. Would you call this quantum healing? I would call it quantum healing in the aspect that when we have clarity of thoughts, when we have clarity of emotions, we actually send those brain waves out, those coherent heart waves out to the universe, out to the world around us. And when we do that, we interact with the quantum field and quantum particles those quantum particles begin to jiggle and vibrate and they vibrate up against atomic particles and it starts to change our physical reality. Hmm. Now That's you, quantum energy healing. Okay. You had also said to me that we also have to sometimes heal our higher selves and that's the first time I've heard that. How does our higher self not end up being perfect? Well, there are different levels of our higher self, kind of like these different dimensional awarenesses that we were talking about earlier. Right. So in some dimensional awarenesses, we've had other experiences. I don't know. We could say we've had past lives, past human lives. What if we've had other kinds of lives? Um, in sessions, people tell me, I've been a coyote. <laughs> I've been a rock. I've been a mountain. I've been a starseed. I've been a Palladian, I've been an Arcturian, I've been an angel. Uh, I really do uh, really begin to understand through many hundreds and thousands of people I've worked with 
that we have lived many experiences prior to or simultaneously with this incarnate life we call ourselves in this moment in our human body. And inside these experiences, the, the veil thins when we start to open up to our true nature, which is love. And as that veil thins, we begin to get, gather and, and, and sentiently bring in other information of these other lifetimes and experiences. And they can enrich our lives, share with other people the opportunities of things we hadn't yet considered in our humanness of being. Mm, that's beautiful. Well, with that, we're going to have to take a break. So everyone stick around for more Love from the Hip. Your skin is your body's largest organ. Care for it properly, starting with your face. Sakura Skin and Mind offers several clinical facial treatments to help stimulate collagen production, eliminate toxins, boost circulation, and deeply cleanse. See a new you in your mirror. Clinical facials range from $90 and up. Do your face a favor. Sakura Skin and Mind, erasing wrinkles one clinical facial at a time. Learn more at sakuraskinandmind.com. U-R-A, skinandmind.com. Hi, this is Marilyn Milano. If you love animals, then please check out my new show, Love Has Many Faces, Tuesdays from 9 to 9.30 a.m. right here on Alternative Talk 1150. I'll be talking with rescue groups, animal advocates, and other organizations that help animals, sharing their stories, and giving our listeners some tangible ways in which they can help make a difference. That's Love Has Many Faces, Tuesdays at 9 a.m., right here on Alternative Talk 1150. Raising awareness, touching hearts, and saving animals' lives. Microneedling is a revolutionary treatment that can help reduce the appearance of acne scars, fine lines, pigmentation, wrinkles, even improve the appearance of stretch marks by stimulating collagen and elastin. Sakura Skin and Mind specializes in this procedure that jumpstarts your body's natural healing process. Sakura Skin and Mind believes in not only keeping the skin up to date with the latest trends in the skincare industry, but also keeping the skin beautiful, fast, pretty, painless, and affordable. Find out more at sakuraskinandmind.com. S-A-K-U-R-A skinandmind.com. What's your story? Have you ever sat with that question and looked to your heart for the answer? It's time to explore the real you. Tune in Thursdays from 4 p.m. to 5 p.m. for the brand new show, Story You, with Coach Debbie. Debbie and her guests have a mission to inspire and coach you to find your voice. If you need direction, Story You with Coach Debbie is for you. If you want to be an author, Story You with Coach Debbie is for you. Tune in Thursdays at 4 p.m. and be inspired. Hypnotherapy helps you discover and explore deep, sustainable life changes. Let Sakura guide your communication with your unconscious mind. Rid yourself of negative behaviors, fears, pains, and emotions. Weight loss, smoking, childhood drama, chronic pain, and much more can be addressed. Begin healing now. Just $100 for the first session. Learn more at sakuraskinandmind.com. S-A-K-U-R-A skinandmind.com Bring out the healthy way of thinking you didn't know you had. Don't let that herd mentality lead you off a cliff. We support thinking for yourself on Alternative Talk 1150. Welcome back to Love from the Hip. I'm spiritual hypnotherapist, master esthetician, and your host, Sakura Sutter. And don't forget to follow me on Instagram and Facebook and subscribe and share my YouTube channel and podcast, Love from the Hip. That's H-Y-P, anywhere you can find podcasts. And if you're just joining us, today I have the pleasure of having Ashley Lee on my show. Ashley is an advanced energy healer, pediatric critical care nurse, and founder of Center for Conscious Kids. So, Ashley, do you believe these highly sensitive children are, in fact, healers? I really do. They're amazing healers. And how we can describe that really is that these high sensory gifts, the ability, right, clairvoyance, the ability to see, uh, tele telepathy, the ability to communicate mind-to-mind, um, -mind, heart heart-to-heart with people, the ability to have empathy or and being empathic, sharing heart-to-heart -heart and sharing emotions. These opportunities and psychic is what we used to call psychic abilities, right? I like to call them multi-sensory because what if we can even expand those awarenesses even deeper 
Mm-hmm. And in that process of expanding it even deeper, these kids are, what are we doing? We're sharing. Yeah. We're sharing love. We're sharing understanding. We're sharing communication. We're sharing ways in which we can create a conversation through sight, through hearing, through sense, through smell, through touch, all these different through knowing. When we share these conversations, we enrich the experience and we further develop the relationship. Mm-hmm. And they're helping remind us and helping us understand that we're all connected. That's awesome. And when we recognize we're all connected and we become and learn how to work with our emotions, learn how to work with our limiting thoughts and belief patterns, when we acquire that ability, we then can, can, can become inside of a unity process I call consensus or heart-centered consensus consciousness. And when we start building that on a level of community, we really develop this sense of love and understanding with each other in ways I'm not sure we've ever experienced in humanity before. Hmm. And what is so beautiful is this opportunity is here before us now. These kids coming in with high sensory, even autistic children, I want to just share something that I think is very brilliant that they have been sharing with me. And this is that they can hold multiple states of awareness at the same time with a hundred percent focus of each one. Wow. So that's one way to fold time, right? Yeah. So people say we have 86,400 nows in a day. That's That's seconds in a day, right? Yeah. So if you can hold three awarenesses at the same time, that is do math, do science, and listen to something on the radio, and you can do that with 100% focus in each area, then you've just created what? Yeah. 20, uh, 26, (laughs) right? 260,000. Let me bust out the calculator. (laughs) Yeah, right? (laughs) A lot. I'm not the math math wizard, yes, but the 2600, you know, or 260,000 now moments in a day. Yeah. Now we've learned how to fold time. They're teaching us that, right? So that we get less time dependent and really review time as an asset and not a liability. Mm. And when we start to recognize that, we start to calm and create centered, right? Many autistic children are very peaceful inside. They have an internal meter where they're able to see and experience things we've never even thought of. Wow. And when we can start to access what they're thinking, what they're feeling, what they're experiencing, and we're able to support them in communicating that with us. Wow. Look at all the genius that flows into the world, all the oneness and the unseparation, because we have so much separation in our world. And so much comparison and so much competition, that's what creates consciousness challenges for us all. Right. Wow. So what would be the first step then for a family to be able to support their child and to coming into their full nature? The first step, I really think, is when a child is acting out or behaving oddly, take a deep breath. No, it's not about you. It's not about embarrassing you or having an ugly experience. Take a breath, take a moment, open your eyes, your ears, your heart, your mind, your spirit, and ask yourself with your inner guidance in that moment, what is happening with my child? I open to understanding what they're wanting to share and say. Beyond the pain or the suffering or the overwhelm or the frustration, what are they wanting to share? Help them dissect that down a little bit so they can share with you in bits and pieces so that you can start to put the pieces of the puzzle because we're not used to communicating in these ways with each other. I, I inspire everyone to wake up in the morning to your spouse, to your loved ones, to your family and to your children. Hey, what did your inner guidance tell, share with you today? Hmm. Right. We yeah. don't have inner guidance conversations at no. home either. <laughs> and so when they, when you give them access to do that, they'll start to share with you. Even if they're nonverbal, you can ask them to share with you on a picture with colors, with crayons, with shapes. Yeah. 
ask them to describe that to you, that you'll start to open the windows of their world. They'll start to know that you care, that you're listening, and that you understand them. And that it's okay. And that it's okay. It's okay <laughs> to think differently. It's okay to feel differently. It's okay to express differently. Exactly. Wow. Well, where do you hope to grow from here? You've done so much great work. <laughs> oh, thank you. I really aspire to work with children who are showing themselves as, as leaders, that they want to be leaders in the world. Autistic children, high sensory children, highly psychic children, because I do know that their gifts, their opportunities are here to share with the world that we are non-separate. We are together. And when we are able to bring this togetherness into full form, our corporations get better, our schools improve, our governments improve, the way in which we exchange money and resources and energy with each other improves, our relating to ourselves, each other, and our life circumstances improve. That's awesome. So can you mention again your book and podcast? My book is called leapofconsciousness.com. And there, before it actually gets arrives hot off the shelf, <laughs> you can sign up for our Conscious Choice Challenge 101 and also receive our free ebook of Empowering Yourself. Awesome. Where you can find me to do energy healing work one on one in groups or with families is at ashleyleehealing.com. And where you can find other practitioners, schools, opportunities, events, foods, and programs is at centerforconsciouskids.com. That's so awesome. Well, I really appreciate all the work that you're doing for these kids. Thank you so much. I really appreciate everyone else really taking that moment, listening, feeling, sensing, and knowing that you can connect with people who are experiencing a world in a multi-sensory way. Awesome. Well, thanks again, Ashley, for being here. And thank, thank you, you so very much. <laughs> yes. And thank you to Eric, my super-duper producer, and you, the listener. You can f find me at lovefromthehip.com or sakuraskinandmind.com. You can also follow me on Instagram or on Facebook. And subscribe to my YouTube channel and my podcast, Love From The Hip, and that's HYP, anywhere you can find podcasts. Really love the show? Drop me a line at sakuratlovefromthehip.com. Tune in next Wednesday at 2 p.m. for another Love from the Hip and make self-love contagious. Go ahead. I dare ya.